0: Why is it that we gravitate towards the same channels with the same content creator again and again and again? It's not like nobody else is talking about those same topics, but yet we choose to go to certain channels. There is something that draws us in time and time again. What is that? What is that magic element? What's that one thing that keeps making us come back time and time again? Well, there is a magic source, a magic ingredient, And today on Tube Talk, we're going to be unpacking that exact ingredient. Let's do this. Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. And welcome to another episode of Tube Talk. My name is Liron Segev. I am a tech blogger, a YouTuber, and the director of customer success here at VidIQ, where every day I help creators big and small with their strategy, with their channel, leveling that up, getting more subscribers, more views in less time. So I think it's fair to say that I've seen a fair number of channels, big and small, with creators across virtually every industry, every niche, And something that's always struck me is how come two channels, which are virtually the same, could get radically different audiences? How come some get more subscribers, more views versus others, which maybe have equally great content, but are just not resonating? What's that missing ingredient that the one channel doesn't seem to have? Well, one critical element that may be the cause of it is the difference in the way the information is shared, the way the story is told. Being a great storyteller is critical on YouTube. We've been telling you this forever now, which is why I'm super excited today to speak with Jordan Bauer, who is the founder of Transformational Storytelling, a facilitation coaching and consulting business based in Vancouver, Canada. Jordan, welcome to Tube Talk. Thanks, Liron. I'm happy to be here. All right. This sounds super exciting. We're very pumped to have you. So tell me, what do you do, this transformational consulting, this sounds, storytelling consulting, this sounds exciting, what do you do?
1: So I'm a storytelling consultant, and maybe I'll just take a quick second to give you a sense for how I got into this in the first place. Yep. When I was about 26, 27 years old, I went through what I called at the time my quarter life crisis. So imagine, had a job I hated, had a girlfriend I liked but didn't like enough. And it was feeling like I just didn't know who I was in the world. I wanted to do something more meaningful. I wanted to do something more creative. I had an okay job, but not a great job. And so I was thinking, like, what do I do? And one day over the course of more or less two weeks before my 26th birthday, I quit the job. I dumped the girlfriend. I moved out of my house, and I bought a plane ticket to India. And over the next more or less three years, I went back and forth to India three times for about six months. Now, I'm Canadian, which is nice because it means that I didn't have very much student debt, and India is cheap, which made it was an easy place for me to travel for that extended time. But I spent a lot of time when I was there wandering around, meeting people, and really poking at my own story. Who am I? What does it mean to be someone like me in the world? And what do I want to do? And at the end of a bunch of soul searching that ended up taking about five years and ended with me walking from Canada to Mexico, I founded this business called Transformational Storytelling. And so the work that I do in the world is often with big organizations, although I work with everybody from small entrepreneurs all the way to some of the biggest companies in the world. And I teach storytelling in a way that's a little bit different than most people think. Most people tend to think that storytelling is like, I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to tell you this anecdote. But for me, storytelling, like what story literally means is taking information and infusing it with emotion. And there's lots of people and i'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more but there's lots of people all over the spectrum who want more emotion in their information there's folks like the people who are listening youtube creators but then there's also people who are driving innovation who want to motivate people to change the leaders of organizations salespeople. so i work with lots of people across some of the world's biggest organizations teaching them how to speak with more emotion which is going to give them more trust more credibility and most importantly more connection
0: I, I'm still stuck on the "I walked to Mexico" bit. Was this part of the of you evolving and part of you finding your voice, or was this just a challenge that you needed to do? I it was more the first than the second. Okay. Uh,
1: there was definitely a breakup involved, as there always is. Like whenever you hear of somebody doing something <laughs> crazy like this, you always have to ask, "Okay, what was their name?" Right, (laughs) And so I went through a bad breakup and I ended up like one thing led to the other. And I ended up spending 316 days walking down the West coast. So I left Vancouver, Canada. I walked through Washington. I walked through the whole coast of Oregon into the redwoods of Northern California over the golden gate bridge into San Francisco and all the way down to LA to get to the border with Tijuana. And there there's a story there. And I, you know, in the interest of getting practical, I won't dwell (laughs) on it too long, but the most important takeaway for me was that, Rather than, you know, there's this woman named um, Cheryl Strayed who put out that book Wild a number of years ago. Mm -hmm. And she walked something called the Pacific Crest Trail, which is basically this wilderness trail high up in the mountains, totally isolated away from everybody. But because I was stupid, I walked in the wintertime. And if anybody (laughs) knows, the wintertime in the Northwest is the wettest time of the year. And so to stay out of the mountains, what I did was I walked the coastline. So I was literally walking on beaches, on trails, on the side of the highway. You know, it was so easy to navigate because all I had to think about was, okay, is the Pacific on my right? (laughs) And I know where I am. Yes. (laughs) Success. So I like literally had the, I was, you know, within 5, 10, 15 miles max of the Pacific for more than a year. And what that meant is I was like in towns. I walked through San Francisco and LA, like I said, Mm -hmm. and I was meeting people all the time. And so I really started to pay attention to, not just the way that other people told their stories, but the way I told my story. Right. Is you can imagine like, you know, how often, what's the most common question any of us get? You know, that question, what do you do? What do you
0: do? Yes.
1: And maybe you've got an answer. Oh, I'm a YouTube creator. I've got a channel like this. I'm a consultant. I'm a whatever. I, people would say, what do you do? And I would say, I'm walking to Mexico. And then all of a sudden they would ask that next question, which mm-hmm. is, of
0: course, why?
1: <laughs> Why? And so I noticed myself having to tell this story over and over again. Right. And like I alluded at the beginning, there was this really bad breakup. So at the beginning, when I was in like the northern parts, so Washington and Oregon, my story was like,
0: my girlfriend left me. <laughs> but
1: gradually, what literally happened is I got sick of my story. Right. So I started having to think, well, how can I tell the same story in a different way? And that insight is the heart of what I teach people now how to tell the same story in a different way. So it's going to be more meaningful, more trusting, more impactful on whoever your audience is.
0: Well, and whoever your audience is pretty important identifying who you're speaking to, do you then adjust your story accordingly?
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is maybe the, the, the jumping off place for good storytelling is there's never one story. And what you learn, what Ooh. we all learn as we're communicating, is how do we find a match between the story we want to tell and the, whoever we're trying to talk, whoever we're trying to connect with. I use the acronym Harmony," and we're going to get into this a little bit later. Yeah. But harmony is a really lovely way. You know, you think about harmony like two voices singing together, la right. <laughs> well, it's the same thing when you're communicating information to somebody else, even if your information is smart, solid. Logical. One person is going to think a bit differently than the next person will, because right, right. we all literally come from different stories. So, to be a good storyteller is to have an aspect of being kind of like a chameleon, where you find creative, innovative ways to tell the story a little bit differently, depending on what you're trying to get across and who you're trying to get it to.
0: So, does that mean that storytelling can be done effectively by all type of niches, all type of industries? Whether you're a vlogger kind of vlogging your life, which is naturally interesting to some people, but also the how-to channels, the, you know, looking for a solution channels. How do I unblock my toilet is the example I always like to use. Once people know how to unblock the toilet because you've told them how to do this, there really isn't a reason to subscribe to come back to your next video because you've just given them a solution. But could we use the storytelling elements to not just give the information that people want, but also to connect with that audience.
1: And I would even, yes, and I would even go one step further to say that you are already telling a story no matter what you think. And so there's oh, okay. already a choice that you're making. If, if you're you know, just talking about your toilet and you're shooting your toilet and you're shooting like how to fix it, you're, I mean, you're telling a story. It may or may not be a good story or it may, not, may or may not be the best story but it's a story you're choosing camera angles. You're choosing, um, you know, a voiceover or copy or, or, right. um, the dialogue, like everything is a constructed story. And so the argument to you isn't just, should we use storytelling? It's should we pay more attention to the way we're constructing our communication? Cause if we do, like you saying, people will engage with it differently and ultimately more effectively.
0: Are there certain, elements of a story that we need to pick out and we need to deliver in a certain way or maybe i should just give them the facts give them the specs and then get out of there
1: well i i said i like to say that learning storytelling is different than say learning code or learning a foreign language you know if i try to learn uh i don't know russian right? I have to start from scratch. I got to learn what does the alphabet look like? What are mm-hmm. the basic words to say things like me and you? I have absolutely no basis for that, compare, for that, that um, learning framework. But storytelling is different. Like every single one of us have been steeped on stories. We've been listening to stories and telling stories since the moment we came into this planet. And so it's it's a very interesting skill to learn because all of us start with no experience and gradually and steadily build up experience. So I like to say that when we're thinking about storytelling or learning or trying to be, to become a better storyteller, there's really three T's. And I call these T's tools, tactics, and taste. So tools mm-hmm. mean like we actually need to know what are some of the tools that we can use So analysis tools, creative tools, some basic frameworks that can guide what we can think of as a creative process. One of the things I'm sure we'll talk about is that good storytellers are iterators, which means they try, we Mm -hmm. fail, we try again, we fail, and gradually we slowly get to the heart of the story. My example for this, as everybody knows, is it's like we're comedians testing our material. And we need, nice. to go through, we need to go through a process of trying things out and seeing how the audience reacts. You know, I, I remember once I was with a friend and he made this really silly comment. He said, oh, I've written plenty of books in my head. You know? <laughs> and, you know, of course, we all think things all the time, but it's one thing to have a thought and it's something diff- different to take right. that thought and put it into form. And so the tools of storytelling are all about iteration.
0: And, and they can be learned, right?
1: Yeah. And of course they can be learned and they're simple, right? Because it can be as simple as writing something out, you know, doing some reflective writing, editing, coming back to it over and over again. The tools are simple. The tools are all about effort. The second T I call tactics. And what you'll see about tactics is that there are certain commonalities of great stories that apply across the board. So whether we're talking about how-to videos, whether we're talking about, you know, one-on-one connection videos from influencers, whether we're talking about Netflix or Hollywood movies or good advertising or great books, you know, think of all the realms of story or speeches or TED Talks or so on. Mm -hmm. Many or most of them are built on the same basic foundational tactics. And the reason those tactics work is because they're linked to the way our brains work. Right. There's like okay. certain ways that we learn and process information as human beings and the cognitive biases that go with it that make us um, more susceptible and more interested in narrative techniques or tactics. And we'll talk about that. But I just want to finish by saying that the third thing is its taste. And I think this one is really important. It's really important that we know what a good story looks like for ourselves. So we have something to aspire to. And of course, if you watch great videos, if you're on YouTube often, if you're watching great movies or TV shows on Netflix or so on, the more that you can develop your taste of what's good and what's not, that helps to guide the creative development. Right. So all three of those things together, tactics, tools, okay. and taste are essential for the process of becoming a good storyteller.
0: Okay. Lo- love that. I always use the example of someone like Casey Neistat. Sometimes we would watch a 10-minute video of Casey literally going from home to the airport. And I mean, how is that possible? How does that get a million views? And we love every single second of it. He is just a masterful storyteller. He takes you along as a friend on that ride. If we're a good storyteller and we can give that message out, Does that mean we don't have to have these elaborate shoots and only those people like a Casey who can jump out of helicopters and therefore tell that amazing story? Could us as talking head videos still be able to make those connections or our visuals and story go so hand in hand, we have to think much bigger?
1: Well, uh, I want to equivocate and say both. Okay. Which means that if you're going to make a talking head video, your talking head video will certainly be much, much more interesting by becoming a better storyteller. And it might be the case that your talking head video is so interesting that it supersedes other considerations. You know, remember the mm-hmm. Blair Witch Project, that movie from of back course, in the 2000s? You know, they shot this great movie, huge, a huge success with something like a $10,000 or $15,000 budget. So it's certainly true that we don't need great technical skills or technical budgets in order to create interesting content. And with that said, some of the greatest storytellers in the world are, have you know, tens or hundreds of million dollar budgets to do what they do. Mm-hmm. And I mean that literally in terms of people who are making movies or also think about some of the other storytellers who are out there who are defining the kind of cultural narrative about what we're talking about every day. So storytelling can be a massive business and it can be a totally micro business. But the important part to know is that the approach and the tactics are exactly the same. And once you start getting good at it in an inexpensive way, then it's quite natural to start to see how you might be able to scale. Because if you know how to grab people's attention and connect to them, people are interested in you. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to, to find the people who have that specific skill like Casey, like you're talking about.
0: Okay. So without further ado, I think we have kept the audience at the edge of their seats up until now. What are the elements that make up a good story?
1: So I use this word harmony and I like harmony because it really rings true in terms of it's, you know, storytelling is emotional and it's something that we should feel resonating inside of us. Just like the way you hear a nice gong resonating inside of you. Hmm. And so when we're thinking about a good story, it's important not to take these ideas and call them how to's. They're more like uh, ideas, guiding ideas that can help us understand good composition. And it's important to know first, before we go in any further, to know that these aren't rules. Storytelling is an art and like any art, rules are made to be broken. But you're gonna find these kinds of principles across all good stories no matter where they are. So ready, should we start? Let's do this. Okay, so H H is really simple. With H, I call it a hook, right? Mm-hmm. Every great story is based on hooks, and it's not just the hook that starts the story, but it's the hook that move. That it's the series of hooks that move us through the story. You know, the English word entertain literally means to hold between, and if you look at that in the etymology, entertain hold between, and so what is it that we're getting held between? one really easy way to think of this is the question and the answer. And so the word suspense, you know, the word suspense, of course, Mm -hmm. what suspense literally means is asking a question and then suspending the answer. So let me give you an example. You'll never guess who I just saw in the coffee shop. Mm -hmm. But before I tell you that, let me just give you a little bit of background. (laughs) So you see what I did is I, I offered you a question with some sort of compelling answer, and now I'm suspending the answer. So it's worth thinking about, well, what kinds of, compelling, what kinds of questions are compelling? Because if I said, like, you'll never believe what's on the bottom of my shoe, or like, you'll never believe what the most popular word in the newspaper was today, maybe those questions are less compelling. So what do you think are more compelling questions? It, I'll say it like this. The most compelling questions are the ones that promise an emotional payoff.
0: An emotional payoff.
1: Payoff. Yeah. If I ask you a question that promises some sort of emotional payoff, you're going to be interested. So like, let me use the example I just used. I said, you'll never guess who I saw at the coffee shop. Who were some of the types of people that I could have seen? A friend, an enemy, right. a long-lost lover, my parents, like a, a villain, who knows, right?
0: The ex-girlfriend?
1: The ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I, I've been worried about bumping into her shopping shops all over the world. Yeah, you never know. And so the promise of some sort of emotional payoff is what gets you excited. And the reason mm-hmm. it's important to know this as a storyteller is because when someone is excited – The neurochemistry in their brain releases all the good stuff that leads to what we can call arousal. And what happens when our brains get turned on is we are much more receptive to information. We are will remember that information much more memorably. The recall improves, and the Mm -hmm. meaning that we associate with that moment is heightened because it's going to be the highlight of our day. You know, I often say in my workshops, like people can't remember what they had for breakfast yesterday but they can remember the climax of a movie they watched 30 years ago. Completely. How is that possible? Well, the answer is emotion. Mm -hmm. The stronger the emotion, the more meaningful, the more meaningful it's going to be for the audience. And you know, using this example of Casey, it's a great example because people like him, it creates that emotional affinity and then he can do anything he wants because the hook is already there. So we hook people with emotional content. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, completely. Because we use the word hook in the industry as more of um, when you start your video, you want to hook people in and you give them a pitch more of today, I'm going to show you five reasons or five ways to make your Wi-Fi faster. Stay tuned. I'll show you how to do that. Are we talking about the same kind of hook in terms of anticipation?
1: That's a great, I mean, that's a really nice, clear hook. So, the next question is How do you take a hook like that and mm-hmm. add an emotional payoff?
0: Yes, that's what I was going with this. <laughs>
1: right? So, like I'm, today, I'm going to tell you not only I'm going to tell you how to fix your toilet, but I'm going to tell you about the worst breakup I ever had. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Right? So, okay. I'm adding, I'm linking two things together. I'm linking the piece of information that I wanted to, to um, communicate, but I'm wrapping it in emotion that's going to make it more interesting for folks. And if we can go one level farther. Yes. What we see is that in great stories, there's not just one hook. There's a progression of hooks that build on top of each other. So one question leads to the next question. Mm -hmm. And then the next question leads to the next question. And what happens over the course of the story is that questions become more specific because we know more now, but also more intimate or intense. And you'll see this, you know this pattern because it's in every single movie you've ever watched. You know, you sit down in the theater, you turn it on on Netflix, Mm -hmm. you're in a moment and you're kind of watching like, who is this guy? What's happening? Who are these characters? But by about an hour in, you know these people so intimately that some small detail, some small moment in the scene becomes so much more meaningful for you. Because there was a series of progression of questions led all the way through love it. So, when it comes back to a YouTube video, even if you're doing a how-to, it's like how do you find a number of hooks that are going to lead somebody all the way through to the end? And how do you hold the juiciest, most emotionally meaningful moment of the whole video to almost at the very end so people will watch all the way to get to that? Yeah, that's the question.
0: Mhm. So,
1: so far, so good. Should we move on?
0: Uh, yep. Loving. I'm just making frantic notes. And as I said, <laughs> uh, this will all be typed up. So you guys don't have to just be immersed in what's going on. <laughs> right. Let's move on. So, so we got, we, H A, we've got, we've got, what's A, the A?
1: The A is of course audience. Now mm. we all know this. We all talk about it all the time, but we all, myself included can get better at it, which means, How do we know our audience? Most of us know our audience in a persona level. So we might say, oh yeah, my followers are, you know, women age 24 to 30. Mm -hmm. Or my followers love toilets, right? Or my (laughs) whatever it is. But the question for all of us is how do we go one level deeper? Who are they really, these people? And what is it in our story that's going to be truly interesting to to them? Because yeah, people want to fix their toilet but they also want other things too. Who are they as people? What values do they have? What are they yearning for at a real human level deep inside? And what kind of payoff can we give them that speaks to them, not just on the surface, but one, two, three more levels deeper. The reason why we keep going to movies year over year, you know, I've been watching, I'm 39 years old. So I've been watching movies for what, 30 eight (laughs) years. Give or take. (laughs) Give or take. And what you notice about movies is that movie after movie is the same story, right? Right. Boy, boy gets girl, boy loses girl, you know, girl, girl struggles with the family, but finds a resolution, you know, like conflict. Yeah. Conflict, etc. You can boil most movies down to the same basic storylines. But what's amazing for us is that we will keep watching the same movie over and over and over again and putting our time and money into it. Mm -hmm. So being able to reach audience at that level, what we're going to call themes, reaching them at that universal thematic level, that's the level that really captivates us. So it's really important when you're considering your audience to think about which of these major deep human themes are going to be the one most likely to resonate. Remembering mm-hmm. that the audience isn't just looking for toilet advice, they're looking for life advice wrapped up in toilet advice. And how do you bring those two things together? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, so you're already thinking of your content very differently. Instead of first you put A and then you do B and then you do C, that's the boring bit. That's just the how to. It's how else do you bring people along for that ride? till they get to the very end where you've given them that emotional support or relief that they were looking for. If you hook them well enough at the beginning.
1: Totally. And of course, like I know there's some people listening here saying, you know, Hey, I'm just making toilet videos. <laughs> right. Like I'm not trying to win an Oscar for my video, mm-hmm. like, which is totally fair, but how can you go? How can you always challenge yourself to go just one level deeper? Because if you can add just one extra level of insight into your content, then it will feel more personal for the audience. And it's a, it's a strange thing about making content because, you know, you, you write a book, you make a video, you do any of these things, you're, you spend so much time thinking about what you think you're trying to get across. But you spend much, most of us spend much less time watching the video from the audience's perspective and seeing the stream of content as if you were them. So what A reminds us to do is to get out of ourself however we can and literally switch sides of the screen. So now you're your audience watching back at you. How do you look from their perspective? What do they know or not know about you? What might they want to know more of about you or the subject matter or so on? The more you can see it from their shoes, the more effective the content is going to be.
0: Love that because I think that a lot of us would probably put a tick mark into, well, did the audience, me as the audience member, did I receive the information I was looking for? Do I know how to make my Wi-Fi faster? Do I know how to get the best out of my cell phone camera? The answer is probably yes, because I've delivered enough value in the video, but that's where it stops. Brilliant.
1: And last last point on this, like Mm. all things considered, I can get cell phone camera advice from literally millions of people around the world. Mm -hmm. So... I'm naturally going to gravitate to the one who cares about me the most. If it's easy for me to consume that information, if it's been thoughtfully put together, of course, I'm going to gravitate to there as opposed to having to hack through, you know, somebody's half half half-hearted demo video or something.
0: Okay. Someone who cares about me the most. Okay. Golden nuggets everywhere. I cannot write fast enough.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. So R, R is about relationships. And relationships are the real reason we love to watch and we love to engage in any story because as we all know, we're social animals. Mm -hmm. And so what we try to do as storytellers is start a relationship between what we can call our characters and the audience as quickly as possible. So, you know, Mm -hmm. a subtle way to do that is, you know, hey, I'm Jordan and I'm going to be introducing you to my toilet. I love playing this up a little bit. (laughs) Clearly. But if you can give me a little bit more detail about the character, then it's going to be interesting and more fun for me to watch. So think of the difference between shooting a cell phone camera info video in a white room by yourself and shooting mm-hmm. it you know, in one of your favorite places, in your house, in your neighborhood, in your city, or, uh, or in the nature around your city. Finding a place that's going to somehow speak right. genuinely to you If you can create a relationship, not just with you, but also with the setting and the world around, what it does is it transports us. So now we're not just, you know, like sitting alone in front of our computer or in front of our phone, consuming your information. We're literally there with you in relationship with you as you're moving through stuff. You know, use use this example of this guy, Casey, for example. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like part of what makes it so exciting to watch him jump out of helicopters and so on is he's literally taking us there. We're there. We see it. We have a relationship with him. And so the strength of that relationship is what draws us on in relationship is like catnip to humans. The Hmm. more you can tell us about the relationship, the more juicy the relationship is, the more we'll be hungry for it. Does that make sense?
0: Does that mean that we have to get a little bit vulnerable, a little bit open and beyond just the content that we're trying to deliver, but also being ourselves, as opposed to acting a role.
1: Yeah, totally. I can think of one YouTube um, guy that I watch sometimes. I've, I love to play chess. I play online chess all the time. And there's this one YouTube creator. His name is um, Agad Mator. Okay. And he's got thousands and thousands of, you know, a- analysis of these chess games. He's, uh, he lives in Eastern Europe somewhere. Um, and he's, you know, every day he just kind of sits in front of his computer and he's got a screen in on he's, you're, so you're watching the chessboard on the screen and right. he's kind of talking you through the, 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 the games. But what I really like is like his cat shows up sometimes and always in the most inopportune moments. And so <laughs> I have this relationship, not just with this guy who's teaching me about chess. I also have a relationship with the cat and it's the warmth of his Of him and the environment he creates that really draws me in and again I can get information about chess from anyone right but this guy and his he's got a specific way of talking and he's charming and characterful in this very unique way like he's telling me a story even though he's just teaching me about chess he's telling me about where the game happened and all this like it's it's really compelling and I'm sure if I look he's got hundreds of thousands of subscribers
0: Nice. But, it, but that cat element, he didn't shoo the cat out of the room, reshot that scene because he could have easily have done that. But he the fact that he chose to embrace it because that's his real life, that makes it more appealing.
1: Yeah, Exactly. I just went to his YouTube channel. He's got 554,000 subscribers. Nice. And, and he's, he's just, charming and characterful.
0: Okay. And, teaching chess. Absolutely. Teaching chess.
1: And what I'll say, of course, is – Different character relationships will appeal to different members of the audience. So I just checked, he's Croatian. He's a Croatian chess master. Mm-hmm. The way he speaks and the relationships he creates are more likely to connect with, let's call it, like your stereotypical chess audience, whatever right. that means for you.
0: Right, right, right.
1: But if you're trying to speak to, like, stay at home soccer moms or whatever the equivalent is these days, <laughs> yes. then you're going to need to create different types of characters. So on a different side of the spectrum, if you have the mommy bloggers or um, my, my wife always does this one video, um, that's like a hit workout, you know, mm-hmm. and she, the, the main character, the teacher is moving between these different locations. And it's close enough that she's got a relationship and even trust with her. Right. So really putting the relationship first. And like you say, being vulnerable, it's so essential because that's what we want as audiences. We don't just want you know, the Google, um, Google maps voice talking to us, Right. we want humanity. We want
0: resonance. We want connection. So it doesn't have to be perfect at the end of, of the day, cor- it, it, this of course is not. Well, okay. So I just wanted to reiterate that point. Cause I think it's super, super important. So many people are still making that mistake. It's actually two things. It's one, everything has got to be a hundred percent perfect or it's a failed video. That is such flawed thinking because, we're not all perfect. We're all going to mumble. We're all going to step over our own words. We just, it's just natural. So we would rather make a connection with someone who's real than an avatar or the Google map voice. (laughs) Love that. Um, and,
1: And I would say too, one last point on relationships is don't underestimate that when, that you have a relationship with your audience and you also, let's call it, define the terms of your relationship. What I mean by that is, let's mm-hmm. say I'm, you know, the chess guy I mentioned earlier, and let's say I was, you know, when I'm offline, I'm saying, oh, I hate my subscribers, it's all really stupid, then I'm going to take a certain attitude, tone of voice, right. and so on to the way I speak. Mm-hmm. So in the example you're using, many of us, when we put up content, we're, we, our first fear is, oh, we're going to get judged. These people are going to judge us. And right. when we're worried about other people's judgment, we're much more <laughs> likely to be focused on the perfection. Yes. But if we flip that on its head and say, you know, we want to give something to somebody. We're creators. We're, you know, if you can stomach the language, artists. Mm-hmm. We're bringing some creative process to the, some creative product to the world. Something that no one else in the world can, has ever done before. Only we can do it in our unique way. It's a gift. And when we start to change our attitude about that, then we can become a little bit easier on ourselves as artists and creators.
0: Love, love that, and the, the other point I was going to make on that, jumping off from that point, is the reason that many channels start and fail is because you're not being yourself. You're a me too channel. How can I vlog like insert name here? Well, the the, the saying goes, be yourself. Everybody else is already taken, and oh. if you if you're trying to emulate somebody else, it's only going to get you certain to a certain level. People have already connected with that person. How can they connect with you? Why are you the best gaming channel? Why are you the best tech channel? Why would I choose you over thousands and thousands of other channels? It's because of you. That's what you bring to the party. Okay, let's move on to... Oh, we're jumping
1: in? A final thought. (laughs) Yeah, go. go. I love these
0: conversations for that reason.
1: (laughs) My advice to you, if you're someone who thinks like that, remember that every great artist started off in the same place you are right now. Like Michelangelo picked up a, 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 a sculpting hammer for the first time and had no idea what he was doing. Leonardo da Vinci, the same thing. Great writers. Everybody starts Shakespeare's. Everybody starts from scratch. And so it's really important to love the process. And what I would say is find your favorite artists and learn about them. Go Lots of artists, musicians. I know Taylor Swift, for example, I just read about the other day, put out a new documentary talking about how she became Taylor Swift. Watch that stuff because it's always inspiring. And it's inspiring because everybody starts from nothing and becomes something. So the more mm-hmm. you can see yourself in that way, then the easier it's going to be to get over the road bumps at the beginning of the process.
0: Perfect. Okay. All right. So, we, so we've got hook. We've got an audience. We've got relationships. What's the M, M? is movement. And
1: what's really important to know is that stories move, right? Imagine if I was a YouTube creator and I'm making a video and the whole time I was talking in this tone of voice, <laughs> this is yeah. the brand new. <laughs> yeah, right. how, would you want to hear me talk for more than 10? I can't even start <laughs> yeah. hearing myself talk for more. Not than. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so it's really important to remember that stories move. They move literally from start to finish but they also move emotionally from start to finish. And you'll see if you go watch a movie, over the course of two hours, you're gonna get all kinds of emotional experiences. Highs, lows, shooting, fights, anger, love, all that stuff. What we look for in good stories is a diversity of emotional experiences. And so even as you're starting to think about your video, how can you bring in different emotional elements? And I would say at the beginning, if you're just starting, just try to bring in one different emotional tone. So how do you right. switch from serious to funny or from, you know, vulnerable to, I don't know, like how can there be more of an emotional bouquet in what you're trying to get across as opposed to just one thing? It's ironic. Right. Like w- with the message, you want to be clear in your message, but with the emotions, you want to be experimental. You want to be yes. creative. You want to be diverse. How does that sound for you?
0: Ouch. Um, like I'm just thinking back at my introductions to my videos and like what I've got planned, and, and I need to level that up. And, and this is why storytelling and what we're talking about is so critical because I can deliver a message. That's easy for me. I've done it for a long time now, and I got better at doing it. Not perfect, but just better and better with every video. But the one element that I'm missing is that vulnerability. It's that movement of emotions from A to B. I just want to give you the information. How do I bring that practically into a technology video? Like here are the tips to shoot better with your phone. Where do I go from there?
1: Well, So I remember when I was learning to be a photographer, that some of the advice I got was to change the angle that I was shooting at. So Mm -hmm. remember, you know, like you get a camera, you go up for the first time, everything, I'm five foot nine. So everything was taken at about five foot six (laughs) above the ground, right? Right. And so the moment I start to go down and go up and move from side to side, I start to give myself a diversity of tools to work with. So in the same way, maybe as a practice, you don't actually need to publish this video, but maybe you shoot a video where the whole time you're talking in a really high voice. My, I'm a little sick, so I apologize. Or the whole time you're talking in a low voice. or the, You're just doing something that breaks your habitual pattern. Uh-huh. And again, you don't need to do that actually, but you need to remember that you have that capability. Like maybe you hear it in my voice, like over the years of being a storyteller, I've learned how to talk like a storyteller. Right. So uh, the, the emotion comes through, the passion, the pauses, all of that. All of that is totally learned. It doesn't mean it's inauthentic, but it's like something that I learned gradually works with audiences. And so because I want to be understood, I'm playing with these various tactics. I throw a different wrench into this or a wrinkle into this. <laughs> Rem- remember that we said at the beginning that, one of the things I learned when I did this big walking trip is that you can tell the same story in a different way. Yes. And what I notice in workshops is that when people tell their story, whether it's a story of how they became who they were or how they started their YouTube channel, they tend to tell it chronologically. And by that, I mean they'll say, well, first I did this and Mm -hmm. then I did that. And then I did this and then I did that. So it's like, it's like reading a police report. Yes. But when you watch a movie or you see any great stories, you realize that there's no rule that says that you have to tell the story in the order it happened. Every great movie starts in one place and then jumps back and then jumps forward. And so the same thing can come to your technology video. If you start your technology video saying, oh, hey, guys, so I'm here to demo the new iPhone and here's how it works, like you're, you're telling it in that very habitual um, chronological way. So challenge yourself, how do you start the story in a different place?
0: Okay, oh, that that just okay. Notes, make notes frantically, makes notes.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> or how do you end the story in a different
0: place? different way? Yes.
1: Just just play with those two elements. Even just starting the story in a different place is going to take you somewhere different. And my challenge to okay. you is, okay, this is harder to do when you're you're doing it live. So start with working with one story that you can iterate a little bit. We said earlier Mm -hmm. that iteration and process is so important. Like take the story of how did you decide to start your YouTube channel? And you personally, whoever's listening, take this story, write it out chronologically. First this happened, then this happened, then that happened. And then challenge yourself to tell the story in a different way. And I already gave you a little bit of of a hint of how to do this in the first letter, which was hook. Mm -hmm. So look through the story and ask yourself, what were the most emotionally impactful moments? So when did something interesting happen? When did I fail? When did I succeed? And how do I tell a story where those are the main building blocks as opposed to the chronology? And my advice is just experiment. You know, nobody's judging. You don't need to put it out, but try for yourself. Maybe ask a friend or a family member to hear your story and give you some structured feedback but moving your story around creates much more of um, a, or it gives you more creative tools that you can use to bring this to life.
0: Beautiful. Got it. Okay. Changing the order just because it happened in a certain way doesn't mean that's the way you retell that story in that exact same way.
1: Okay. Totally. And, 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 and what we learn. And I mean, Can I be political for a second? (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. We're we're just a couple days after the the Trump was acquitted. And what we're seeing quite clearly in the world is that the truth, the facts of the matter don't matter as much as the emotional spin that we put on it. Mm. And we saw in this case, the Democrats came up and they made this very logical, here is the truth. And then the other side said, you know what? Truth doesn't matter because we have the story. And to not choose one side or the other, but to just remind you that, It the the logical chronological way of approaching it doesn't work nearly as well as the emotional way. And sorry for anybody (laughs) on either side that I might have offended.
0: (laughs) Disclaimer applies here. (laughs) All right, we've got a couple of more letters. We we need to get onto the owner.
1: Yeah, let's zip through this. So the O is about open, and open is a really interesting thing to think about stories because you know you think like, hey, I've got a story to tell. I want it to have a point. But as we talked about a little bit earlier, the best stories are open stories. You know, like the movie ends and you're not quite sure, is the couple going to be together? Mm. What's going to happen? There's like a, you know, a dot, dot, dot at the end. We love stories that have that feeling of openness. And the same thing actually applies in the story, that when the story is about these big, universal, common themes, rather than telling us, you know, the red side's the better side or the blue side's the better side, if you can find some way to make it more of an exploration or a creative experience that draws us in as audiences. We don't want to be lectured at. We want to be provoked with open questions that ask us to participate. So whether that means just asking open ended questions Mm. or whether that means a little bit more robustly finding ways to create an environment that draws participation in every great story is participatory. If a story isn't participatory, it's propaganda. Does
0: that make sense? Yes, yes, completely. Okay. Um, And I see a lot of the family vloggers do this so well. Well, they'll take their audience on a ride and at the end of it, you just want the next episode, almost like a cliffhanger, but they didn't say that. And it's left you wishing for more. So when their next video comes on, you immediately get that satisfaction of clicking to see where it picked up. Well, how else can you do it? the question is, can we do the same thing? And again, we keep on going back to the unblock toilet for some reason. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Once I know how to unblock my toilet, once I know how to get the best out of my camera on my phone or get the fastest internet at home, what else can I do to make them have that openness?
1: Well, let's think of the attitude you bring to your channel. So if I, if I was like, hey, guys, I'm Jordan, and I'm going to show you how to unblock your toilet... Like what I'm delivering to you is clear, but it's also very closed. But if I was to say, and I'm actually literally stepping to the other side of my phone right now, <laughs> Hey guys, I'm Jordan, the handyman, and I am a home expert. No matter what goes wrong in your home for the rest of your life, I'll be able to help you with it. Whether it's your kitchen sink, whether it's the toilet, whether it's uh, what to do with your, your, um, leaves outside. I'm the guy to go to, to help you with everything in your house. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the toilet. So what I just did there is I opened up who I am in the eyes of the audience. Got us. My ambition is to create an openness, a journey that they want to follow. And like you said, with the family vloggers, it's a great example. Like as soon as I start watching somebody's family and develop a relationship with yes, them, yes. I'm now interested in like, well, what's going to happen? They're going to grow up. They're going to have failures. They're going to go mm-hmm. through puberty. They're going to go. Th- I want to follow them for the rest of their life.
0: Right. Exactly what happens literally literally that
1: literally that for better or for
0: worse. (laughs) Yes.
1: But, but especially in today's environment where people can watch your videos, follow you on Instagram and Snapchat, Mm -hmm. all of these different things, thinking about the openness and making open and inviting, that's what people want.
0: Got it. Okay, perfect. Uh, And I think a lot of it boils down to that exact word is the change word. It's we've been doing it for so long. How do we change something? that we were told, I mean, let's be honest, with YouTube, we were told specifically, These, uh, this is the show formula. You'll do the following if you want to be successful. Whereas a lot of that needs to be unlearned now because the platforms change, the AI algorithm have changed, the way people consume information has changed. So a lot of it has got to do with changing. If that has changed and you don't, well, you're always going to be at the mercy of the algorithm and something else that will happen.
1: It's a really great way to roll into the N, Oh, see, so, yeah, that was a good segue. <laughs> so again, H is hook, A is audience, R is relationships, M is movement, O is open, N is now. And with now, it's all about thinking through how do you be relevant? How do you tell a story that's relevant to what your audience is experiencing now? And you know, to your point, I grew up. My dad loved uh, the Three Stooges, mm-hmm. so we grew up watching like black and white Three Stooges videos at nine a.m. on Sunday morning. And when you go back and watch those old TV shows now, they suck <laughs> yes. because we are, we expect something different from our content. We expect something different from the angles that uh, the shot and so on. Now, even 10 years ago, nobody was taking selfies, right. right? But now suddenly selfies is let's call it the language or the grammar of communication. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, it's really important that we find ways to stay relevant And relevance can come through some of the technical things that we're talking about. So camera angles, the way we're using our tools, but it can also come with making a connection to real things that are happening in the world right now. I I work in the business world and I see this all the time. You know, some news event happens and immediately everyone is either tweeting about it or writing blog articles about it because number one, it's grabby for SEO, Mm -hmm. but number two, it promotes you as an authority or a thought leader who's talking about things that are happening. Yes, And again, going back to the O, that's a great way to be open is now you're not just talking about your toilet, but you're, you know, Jordan, the handyman who's helping give you life advice for what's happening in the world right now. Right. And so finding a way and making sure that there's a way to link the story you want to tell to what's happening in the cultural context. That's so essential now because if you don't, somebody else will.
0: Oh, if you don't, somebody else will. Okay. Um, especially with new platforms evolving as well. So things like TikTok, people were ignoring that completely because it was only for kids. And now it's amazing how many businesses and entrepreneurs and creators have migrated over to TikTok, learning new skills. And TikTok is all about telling a story. Visually, it's all about short little clips. It's all about music. It's all about relevancy. So it's adapting to where your audience is and being able to connect with them on that level. All right. yep. so. Perfect.
1: And, and last thing here, it's also about reorganizing your own relevance as a storyteller. You know, I look at myself like when I started doing storytelling work a couple of years ago, when I would go in and sell my services, businesses would look at me and say, like, what do you do? Do you read books to children in libraries? Right. And now, of course, the idea of being a storyteller is so self-evident because of the way that we all live. Mm -hmm. So similarly as a YouTube creator, what can your skills help you do in the world? What does it mean to be a good storyteller? And how can that be not just about getting your ideas across on YouTube, but getting your ideas across uh, any channel Uh, and whether that channel is online or offline the world very clearly needs great storytellers right now? Developing the skill is so essential not just to get people to watch your videos as important as that is but to also be leaders in your family, community, and so on. Do not underestimate how impactful storytelling can be throughout all aspects of your life. Relationships, too. So and
0: and, and <laughs> real, real, I mean, I know we live online, but we also live in a real world, and it's very important to make those real-world connections, attend those events, and talk to other creators, other people, and share your stories and hear them share theirs. We need those physical, emotional, mental connections in the real world, not behind an avatar on a screen.
1: Totally. Hear, here.
0: Okay. Right. And Preaching.
1: So, yeah. <laughs>
0: right. As we move on into
1: why. <laughs> yeah. So why is last. And again, a really nice segue. Why is you? And remember okay. that when it comes to any story, putting aside the technical, putting aside the Michael Bay exploding effects, Right. there's just three things that are happening. There's a human being telling a story to another human being. And no matter whether you want to or not, you cannot escape the fact that your story is coming out of your mouth. And whether it's literally coming out of your mouth or coming out of your fingers into somebody else's mouth, what we connect with in a story is you. And so it it doesn't mean you have to go out and share the story of the worst breakup that you ever had in your life. But the moment that you are a storyteller, you cannot avoid being vulnerable. And so it's worth thinking through strategically the level of vulnerability you want to bring. You don't need to bring it all, but you probably need to bring at least a little bit more than you're bringing right now. The reason that we want to follow these, the people that we want to follow is because we really want to connect to them not just their toilet advice <laughs> but them as people. So mm. how can you like I I'm watching this video and imagine your your audience is sometimes alone or they're on a screen so almost always alone maybe not almost always most of the time mm-hmm. by themselves and looking for something. Maybe they're looking for a piece of information, maybe they're looking they're lonely and looking for connection and they're finding you. And so again, like what we're looking for from you is humanity is genuineness is the kind of stumbles and failures that go with being human. That's the stuff of connection is you, it's nothing else. It's not fancy graphics. It's not fancy videos. It's not fancy technical stuff. We want you. And the more of you, you give to us, the more that your audience is going to reciprocate in spades, just you give an inch, they're going to give a foot. We see it time and time again, people want to connect. If you allow for that connection, that's what leads to um, viewership and success. And remember that this, you know, YouTube is new, but storytelling is the oldest profession on earth. We've had storytellers around right. human beings for as long as there have been people. And the function, the role of a storyteller is to help educate people. You know, my, one of my storytelling mentors says that storytelling is the world's oldest and best, help, best form of self-help. Because what stories do is they teach us they teach us how to live in the world, how to survive when we're being attacked by saber-toothed tigers, <laughs> right. but also how to live in, in harmony with our, our, the natural world, with the people who live around us, how to overcome t- trials and tribulations. And as somebody who's taking on the role of being a storyteller, that's now your calling. And it doesn't mean you have to do it the same way that they did it hundreds of thousands of years ago, but it's important to remember that that's what the way people see you. There's a, you know, here's a Spider-Man quote, the great responsibility quote, right? Right. Like right? right. You're on stage, you're on camera, you're talking about things. People are going to invest emotionally in you. Yes. And so it, it's kind of the par for the course. If you're going to play this game, you should expect that. And the more willingly you do it and the more um, aware and consciously you do it, the more meaningful the connection, which is going to lead to better audiences and more views and all the other things that you want.
0: So, Jordan, as we're ending off, if you could post one tweet or one big billboard in the middle of Times Square where every single creator will be able to see that message, what message would you give?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. You know, he, I'm looking at this from a business lens, right? Because a lot mm. of the work I do is with organizations. And the World Economic Forum just put out a report that said that. A billion people in the world are going to need to be reskilled by 2030 because the jobs that we used to do five or 10 years ago just don't exist anymore. And what are the what's the most fastest growing job of the future? It's not just content. It's all about what we can think of as soft skills and communication skills. Mm. And again, remember, just like I was talking about, what Storytellers helped us do forever was figure out how, do we, how should we live our lives? What's the best way to live our lives? And right now when there's new technologies coming all the time, when there's all these terrible things that we see on the news all the time, we're in one of those moments where we're going through a huge redefinition of what it means to be a person in the world. So I think the most important skill that anyone can develop right now is effective communication skills. So I think it's great that you're learning how to do this with your audience. I really want you to continue to grow your audience, to continue to bring people on board, and I want you, as you get better at that, to, con- to look even bigger. How is communication skills, the guidance that you're now able to create, how can that help your community and the people offline? Mm-hmm. Because the more that we link and the more we support each other, then the easier it's gonna be for us to navigate the future and all the changes coming our way.
0: Boom. Just like that. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I need sound effects. Uh, Jordan, that was amazing. If people want to find you, want to get more information about your workshops, perhaps there's um, business owners who are really keen to, for their teams to learn these kinds of skills. Where can we get more information and find you?
1: So my website is jordanbower.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-B-O-W, B is in baseball, Jordan Bauer. And right now, most of the work that I do is with organizations, but one of my ambitions for this year and the next is to start to develop a bit of a storytelling training school where yes. I can help to empower people like this, not just to tell great YouTube videos, not just to create YouTube great, blah, not just to create great YouTube videos, but also to be these kinds of leaders that I think we need in organizations and communities all over the world. So if you come now before I have any of that stuff up, sign up to my newsletter, stay in touch, and let's see what we can build together.
0: Totally love it. Everything will be in the show notes, as I said. So if you missed anything, because trust me, I missed a lot and I was making notes whilst Jordan was talking, there, everything will be here, will be available. Jordan, thank you very much. This has been absolutely amazing, very much an eye-opener, very much cringeworthy when I think about some of the mistakes I probably did, um, but it's okay. It's a learning process and it's about being vulnerable, about being out there, sharing information and just getting better and better with our own skills, and learning new skills like we have done today. Really appreciate your time with us.
1: My pleasure. Really well said, and it's been a pleasure talking to you.
0: And for the rest of you guys still hanging out here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast application so that you guys get all of these episodes coming out to you every Thursday with us. And we all know at least one other creator who's currently struggling with this. Please share the episode with them. Together, we can help each other and make this a better place. Really appreciate you guys hanging out, and we'll see you on the next episode of Tube Talk. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tube Talk, brought to you by vidIQ. Head over to vidIQ.com slash Tube Talk for today's show notes and previous episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video-making day.